Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Well, I want to take just a moment to look at the Word tonight in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Our theme for tonight is simple. It's just simply that we might boast in the one who is our boast. Paul writes these words in Galatians 6.14 in in a book that is given for one purpose, to clearly articulate, explain, and define what the gospel means. And he does that so eloquently and succinctly. But when he comes to the end and he's making his final warnings and he's about to proclaim his benediction, he says this in Galatians 6.14 and he speaks with one cumulative statement. What it is that the gospel means for us in life. And this is what he writes. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We gather tonight to boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. One man I saw in a cartoon today Ask the other who was sitting on a large rock looking out over a a great ravine. And and the man had just commented, why in the world do they call it Good Friday? And the man who would walked up behind him responded to him. He said, well, he paused and he said, "What, what would you call what Jesus has done for you on the cross? The man turned around to him and said, good And the other guy said, I guess that's why they call it Good Friday. You see, Good Friday is the greatest good that we could imagine. When all that was against us was removed so the one who is for us could bring us into God's presence. Paul sets our entire lives as Christian in the reality of Good Friday with Galatians 6.14. He says that Good Friday is so good that Christians can live our whole life in its goodness. What a beautiful idea. All of the Christian life is one of boasting only in the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's consider for a moment what it means to boast. Most people have some understanding of boast. For, for we, we kind of have a concept of what it means, but sadly enough, very seldom does it have a positive connotation in that meaning. Boasting just simply means to display or to proclaim publicly a satisfied contentment with one's own or another's achievement. So boast includes words, but, but it's really so much more than words as Paul is teaching us here. It includes how it is that we Live. You see, boast is not just what you say, but it's about what you believe so much 
that you are willing to live it out regardless of what it may cost you. The cross of Jesus Christ is the Christian's only boast for the same reason that this day is labeled good. Because without it, we know no real good. Jesus died on the cross in my place as a sacrifice for my sin to appease the wrath of God. I am the guilty one. He was the perfect, sinless one. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. I was the one condemned guilty of sin and sentenced to death. Jesus is the one who stood in my place and died for me. The cross of Jesus Christ is my death that I did not die to take care of everything in me that stole from me all that was good so that I could live as Jesus gave me life. You see, the Christian's only boast is the accomplishment of Jesus on the cross. Think about that for a moment. It doesn't mean that the cross is all we talk about. It doesn't mean that the cross is all that we try to live out. But that in all we talk about and in all that we live out, we do so in light of the cross. In light of its meaning for our life. In light of the accomplishment of the Lord Jesus Christ for us. When we consider what Christ did on the cross for us, we have nothing else to boast in because we could not do what Jesus did. Boasting in the cross begins with understanding what the cross means for us. One pastor recently stated in a sermon, when you get the doctrine of the cross wrong, you become Satan's missionary. Boasting about the wrong things is wrong for obvious reasons. But a wrong boast about the right thing also sends a wrong message. There's plenty of wrong boasting in our day. But Good Friday reminds us of what must inform all of and our only boast in this life, the cross of Jesus Christ. When we boast in the cross, Paul says that the world is dead to me and we are dead to the world. In other words, he's saying that the world's influence The things that the world values, the morals that the world purports, the philosophies that the world wants to impose upon us, the ideologies that they celebrate and that they hold, they are no allure for us, nor do they hold allure within us. Because when we consider this effect of Jesus' cross upon us, we look more deeply into our lives to consider if this is true in order to know whether our only boast is in fact in the cross. So the question becomes for us in this instance, is the world dead to you? And is the world dead in you? If we are to boast in the cross of Christ and not be Satan's missionary, as one pastor so eloquently, or shall we say, crushed on our toes, if we consider it, then we must see if the world is dead to us and if the world is dead in us. If 
when and where you hold love for the world and the world holds allure to you, you cannot live by boasting in Jesus' cross. Rather, you scorn it through your life because you settle for lesser glory. You embrace lesser love. You may speak a boast of Christ, but your life demonstrates friendship with the world. And James tells us that friendship with the world is enmity toward God. For you cannot boast in the cross of Christ as long as the world is alluring you or living in you. So tonight I want us to spend time at the cross and ask the Spirit of God to search our hearts and to purify our boast. For if Good Friday is truly good to us, then its good will be enough for us. Let us boast in nothing save the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about four areas of life tonight in which we will live by faith alone and the cross alone as our boast. And as I introduce each one briefly, I'm going to lead you to reflect on One question for each area in order to refine our boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. The first area I want to look at is this. When we boast in the cross, we source our identity in the truth of Jesus Christ. When we boast in the cross, we source our identity in the truth of Jesus. When we talk about our identity, what are we talking about? Well, we mean who it is that we believe ourselves to be that determines our worth or our value as a person and what it is that we find our worth or our value in. The world tries to tell us what we should be, does it not? The world tries to tell us what and how we should think. The world tries to tell us who is most important. The world tries to tell us how we should find our significance in life and how many other things about life should be. It tells us that if you want to matter, you must impress the right people. If you want to be important, you must hold the right position. If you want others to respect you, you must achieve the right things. If you want to be loved, you must prove yourself as lovable. Because the world's source of identity is always a path that leads to self-destruction. But God's word says that our identity, the sum total of our value and our worth rest in this one thing. God loves us more than we could possibly imagine or comprehend. He accepts us just as we are. We could not improve ourselves enough to satisfy him, but we do not have to prove ourselves to him. That's what the cross tells us. You see, the cross of Christ tells us that the whole of our identity is not determined by us, but is determined by God's love for us. God bestows on us an unlimited and an immeasurable value and worth for one reason, because he loves us. That's what the cross tells us. When we source our identity in Jesus And in his cross, we rest in this truth that our life is valuable because God poured out his love on us in the cross. Would you take just a moment to consider your own life? 
and the source from which you draw your own value and worth, your own sense of identity. And ask yourself this question, friends. Do I live as if my life only has value when I comply with what the world says should be valued or when I represent what the world says should be true of me? When we accept what the world says of us or when we hold within us what it sells to us. We substitute our identity in God's love for what we can earn from everyone else in the world. And the first area within which we should boast and hold the cross most dearly is in the way we think of ourselves in light of Christ's death for us. That God says you are immeasurably and incomprehensible more valuable than you could possibly imagine because Christ died for you. Are you living by boasting in the cross in your identity? The second area, we boast in the cross when we find our security in God's love displayed through Jesus Christ. We all want to feel some sense of security in life, right? I mean, we, when we feel secure, we sense that our lives are on solid foundation. Now, looking at the way some people live, we all differ on how we define solid foundation. That's for sure, right? Some fly by the seat of their pants, right? And others go, well, that's just not, you know, I keep mine pulled tight. So we might disagree on what the solid foundation is, but nonetheless, we want to establish our life on a solid foundation to bring security, safeness. But no one lives without trying to build their lives on something that can sustain them, something that can protect their livelihood. You see, Jesus tells the parables, a parable of two men who built homes. One built it on the rock and one built it on the sand. You know this story. When the storms came, only one home remained. Why? Because they built it on something that could not withstand the battering of the storm. Security requires us to consider what it is that we build into our lives and what we put around our lives in order to feel secure. A big and growing bank account, the right friends, the right clothes, as the confession was read well ago, the right stuff that we put into our house or into our lives. I mean, they can all tempt us to believe that we have security. But it's not unlike the toddler who plays peekaboo and hide and seek. And when it's their turn to hide, they cover their eyes. Because if they can't see you, surely you can't see them, right? And that's not a very secure way to play hide-and-go-seek. Boasting in the cross to find our security means that we entrust our well-being to nothing above, to nothing beyond, and to nothing outside of God's will for our life through the saving work of Jesus Christ and the personal 
moment-by-moment leading of the Holy Spirit through His Word. Friends, would you consider your life for just a moment? And consider how you've built your life. What kind of foundation you've built it on. And ask yourself this. Do I feel secure when my life is full of all that the world affords or offers me? Is there any place in your life where you find that you feel most secure when you have within your reach, within your possession, or with your understanding what the world says this promises security. And friends, where you find that true in your life, you're finding a false boasting in a security that cannot provide for you what it promises to you. Will you boast in the cross tonight That the will of God, made known through the word of God, illuminated in you by the spirit of God, would lead you to the cross and let the sacrifice of God be your only source of life for what he has done for you. The third area, we boast in the cross when we recognize that every provision in life comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. One key aspect of security includes this third area that we're speaking of, the provision for life. We ask, man, will we have enough? Will I have the right stuff? Will it be sufficient for the demand of the day? And what Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount is that worry and anxiety can do nothing to help us, but only steals what really matters from us. I remember one of my college professors used to pause and look up. And we all knew what was coming. We, could, we all said it while his eyes were closed, but without giving vocalization to it. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. It's the last verse of Matthew 6. When he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God because when you seek everything else, it does to you and steals from you everything that really matters for you. Paul goes on to tell us what it is that really matters. And that is when we learn contentment. No matter whether we have plenty or whether we find ourselves in need, contentment is that boast in the cross of Jesus Christ and the provision that he brings to us. Contentment in what we have that brings joy to the life that we've been given and to who we are. And so boasting means that we trust what God, what God gives us over and above and as altogether more good and glorious than all we could gather and achieve in this world. And that by learning contentment with those things and within every situation, we're trusting God that what he gives to us and yea, what he keeps from us or takes away from us is better than anything we could take hold of in this life. There's a sign in a restaurant that I like to frequent. And it's the story of a high-power executive that comes from a really large city and he likes to vacation in the Caribbean. 
And when he gets to his boat on vacation, he tells the boatman who lives basically by taking guys out fishing every day. And it's a, it's a ratty old boat, man. You've got to have a can in the boat. And you've got to, you know, dump the water out every now and then because it takes on water. And he's got to row it out. doesn't even have a motor on it, you know. But he rows it out into the Caribbean Sea. And he takes the fisherman out where he wants to fish. And so the fisherman begins, or the, the executive begins to tell him, you know, if, if you would just follow some principles that I would coach you in, you could make a better living for yourself. You could relocate to the big city that I live in. You could hold the big job that I hold. You could make the big dollars that I make. And you could buy anything that you wanted to buy. And he said, you could come back here and you could not only own that boat, you could own that whole resort. And the man said, well, it seems to me that the circle you just took me on brings me right back to where I am today. So why would I want to leave this if it's what I really love? It's funny how the world influences us to make us think it's got a better path to the things that God has for us. Would you ask yourself this? Do I trust what God has for me more than and instead of what I can grab hold of or attain in this world? Friends, are you boasting in the cross and God's provision for you? You know, one way that we can know this is if the things that we have in discerning whether or not they have us, do they grow more gratitude and praise to God or do they grow bigger eyes to advance and greater things in this world. The fourth area that I want to look at tonight in boasting is that we boast in the cross when we delight in God's glory through the righteous, the righteousness, the peace, the joy and the pleasures that he gives through obedience to his word. Friends, this word delight it, it's such a rich word. It's so, it's so big. It's so all-consuming of the desires of our life, but also the joys and the pleasures and the gladnesses and the celebrations of who we are. You see, delight means simply that we love nothing the way we love Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't love anything else. Obviously, we love other things as well, but we love nothing the way we love Jesus. And because of the way we love Jesus, we love everything through him. We don't savor anything in the heart the way we savor the Lord Jesus we don't serve anything with the hands the way that we serve the Lord Jesus with these hands. We don't walk anywhere in the way that we walk after the Lord Jesus. We don't speak of, to, about, or from anything with this tongue the way we speak of, to, about, and from the Lord Jesus. We see nothing with the eye with the way that we see the Lord Jesus with the eye, both of the body and of the heart and of the mind. And we follow in our actions nothing the way we follow 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says it in Romans 7.22, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being in the resources or excuse me the recesses of your being are you delighting in God and he directs our hearts to consider our own delights when was the last time you truly delighted in God's word and in the reading of it when your heart overflowed with the presence of God because of what his word said to you Listen to the psalmist. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, deep, deep, abiding inner joy in the deepest recesses of our personhood, delights, in the law of the Lord. And it is upon the word that his thoughts and his feelings and his motives and his will ruminates all throughout the day because it fills him with the joy that is everlasting. Boasting in the cross of Christ means that we delight in God's word as his source of life-giving wisdom for the way that we walk. The psalmist says in chapter 40 and verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Friends, when was the last time and how often are you wrenched in your heart to stop? To reread. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom the world is dead to me and I am dead to the world. To pray over, God, where is the world alive in me and where is the world alive to me? Where are the things of this life of greater value than you in my heart? Where are the things that I have in this life of greater value to me than you are? Where do I believe that they have greater hope for me? Where am I living in such a way? And to pour over these things, to pray over them and to labor over the phrase, over the words Maybe even simply to say, God, I don't want this to be true of me. Or to read and say, God, I want this to be true of me. That my only boast would be in the cross of Jesus Christ. That the world would be crucified in me and crucified to me. God, make this true of me. That is delighting in the law of the Lord. Because when we delight, we see where truth is alive. And we see where darkness remains. And we seek to shine the eternal truth of God's word into the darkness of our heart. That it might be exposed and it might be expelled from us. God, I want to know you. So that what your word says should not be is not normal for me. But that so what your word says is true should be characteristic of me. The psalmist says in 119.92, If your law had not been my delight, 
I would have perished in my affliction. When was the last time you read God's word and it struck your heart in such a way? Maybe for the first time or maybe in the remembrance of a moment. And it struck your heart how God's wisdom had held you in a hard time. Oh God, if I had not known your word, I would have sought life elsewhere. God, if I had not known what your word said to me, I would have gone looking for someone who would say something, anything to me. God, I didn't know what to do at that moment in my life, but your word held me and it guided me by your spirit. When was the last time you read it and God remembered how his word was your light and your lamp, your way and your path, yea, your every step was lit up? When was the last time that his word held you through a difficult decision with wisdom because you were ready to act and God said, not yet, or you were not moving and God said, go now, and you obeyed? And in your heart, you're delighting in the Lord. That's a boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Ask yourself, friends, do I delight in that which glorifies God above all else and more than that which glorifies me? Where is your boast tonight? Boasting in the cross reorients our identity, our security, our provision, and our delight because it provides a new source of life. One commentator says to be crucified to the world then means to walk in the light, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, and to live in the freedom with which Christ has set us free. We boast in the cross when we acknowledge that nothing in this world compares to all that Christ has accomplished for us and all that he has given to us. Every time we boast in the wrong thing, it's always because we boast in something other than Christ. Friends, the cross makes sense of everything. It writes every wrong. It makes beautiful every wound. It makes beautiful every hurt. It makes understandable every scar for our good, for our joy, and for our strength to stand against anything. And life will never make sense in a way that brings only good to you and glory to God until you see it all through the cross of Jesus Christ. How does Paul begin? And I'll end with this. Far. Be it from me. Far be it from me, Paul begins. His point is that it is never a matter of how much boasting in the world is allowed in my life, but rather how far from it can I get. Far, far, far from the world's hope is the measure of the Christian life. Far, far, far from the world's wisdom is the way the Christian walks. Far, far, far from the life that the world purports is the life that sources the Christian. That's what it means to boast 
and the cross far be it from me. How far from it are you living in your life? Would you pray with me as the worship team returns?